0: Oh, here we go again. Hey everybody, here we are again. This time we've got a full house. It's like your four dads this time. But we're going to make it work. We're going to we're going to keep you interested and all these voices are just going to make things pop a little bit more. This time around, we have a dad from believe Massachusetts uh, correct me if I'm wrong about that but that's what we were talking about before don't want to get too specific about where but you know up north and uh his name is Tom Mahoney is that correct is that pronounced correctly that's correct right on we appreciate you joining us we uh are you know happy to talk to dads from all over the world and as close as we are we have yet to speak to anybody from your your neck of the woods so it's good to finally get somebody on it'd be kind of cool if we got somebody from every state. But we uh we did speak earlier about uh you being from a big big sports area, and I, I just wanted to get get that elephant out of the room for uh Dan's sake, I guess, since he didn't hear you talk about it. How are you handling the celtics? did you uh did you pass on pretty quickly to the next sport or did that did that sting for a couple of days?
1: Well, sadly, right now, the Red Sox are the next sport, so they're really not anything to talk about right now. And That's- like I- I'm a realist. They were down zero and three and just gave us three extra games but if just a little more just a little more effort would have been nice i i i didn't even i watched the first quarter of the game i said i've seen this song and dance before i gotta be up at 2 15 for work i'm not staying up for this went to bed my fiance wakes me up it's over did they win you heard me say it's over right okay. <laughs> i fell right back to sleep that was it i moved oh, all
0: right so cool it's cool that you you were able to fall right back to sleep I. I typically am one of those people that I'm really into it, but then uh, th- usually the nervousness is so much, the anxiety is so high that I kind of, if it's really close, I will be like, I-, I can't, I can't do this. I can't watch this. And then I'll have to find out later on, like whether they want or not. I'm a, I'm a huge Braves fan. Uh, you know, I love Atlanta, but, and I love close games, but then when they get in there sometimes, you know, in the ninth and then the 10th, I'm like, I can't handle this. This is this is too much for me. Oh, yeah, it's it to be a know, lot. I have to like detach. But um, this actually wasn't something that I was gonna uh, ask, but we do like to come uh, from all angles with these icebreakers as we open up the, the episode. I see some guitars there behind you. Uh you're a uh, you're a musician, then I take it.
1: Oh god, no. No, that's that's why they're hanging there, not on a stand on the floor. I, I, I get on the I get on these kicks, <laughs> like I wanted to learn the guitar. And so I was trying to self-teach me. And then I made the biggest mistake anybody can can do is I went on YouTube. Oh. And on YouTube, there's like a four or five, six-year-old kid just wailing away. And I hung it up. I'm like, I got no business. You know, this kid's amazing. Look at me. I got, I got nothing. Also behind me, I don't know if you can see it. I also have an electronic drum set. Can't oh, play right that Oh, Cool. I Ooh, was taking lessons nice. until I hurt my hand. And. So as soon as my hand is healed, I'll, I'll get back to that. I'm not allowed to have a real drum set because I'm kind of irresponsible. <laughs> I feel that. I,
0: I, I'm in the same boat, but uh, like in that. my case, the neighbors don't want me to have a drum set. We share a wall, so I'm kind of restricted. Me and uh, Dan here, we're in a couple bands together, you know, in the past. But one of them, uh, we had, it wasn't, I was the lead singer. So it wasn't lead singer syndrome. It was actually lead guitar syndrome. He caused the, uh, the band to kind of explode and then uh here recently uh, our most recent attempt it was actually uh Dan's child being born that, that uh, started you know to take up all his extra time so we you know we've we've dipped our toe into the music scene but by no means are we uh, anything more than you know strict amateurs but you know we we do uh, have an interest enough that we do a segment on the show where we debate uh, music from from kind of uh nowadays versus back when we were born it's uh, we pick the the years that our kids were born versus the years that we were born. And inevitably, it seems that the uh, the music from the past is the one that typically wins the the debate. And um, it seems like always is. I don't want to hog this, uh, which I seem to be. Uh, we typically share our our question Tom, And instead of just going through all of mine, is there anything either you get uh, to want to get to uh, anything that was really just uh, preying on your mind that you wanted to ask Tom here while we were, you know, when we first start out? uh no i mine can wait till we get into it a little bit right
2: on anything from you sam i don't want to hog all the all the screen time so to speak oh no not at all not at all i have some, i have a few questions but if we're not uh like i said if we don't want to get specific about anything or or um uh because i just it was just some geography questions but that's all right um i've got some other ones about uh, parenting and some other ones that kind of cover his musical uh his musical hobbies too you Know so we can cover that either later or we can go over that now. It's um, it's so what I mean. We just we just touched on the music stuff. If you got some more you want to talk about there, sure, absolutely. Yeah, okay. So, uh, uh, Mr. Tom, what would your favorite song to learn on the drums be when you're in good health and you can get back to practicing again?
1: Oh, um, it, it's actually two I, one band, any rush song because oh, Neil wonderful. Peart was amazing, wonderful. and the second song I would love to learn how to play is the warning from Queens, Mm-hmm. That's, that's just an insane, he's an insane drummer. I don't think he ever got enough credit, but he's just that, crazy. good.
2: Okay. Okay. So, I mean, do you prefer like a jazz, uh, like a jazz drummer uh, style or maybe something a little, um, a little different in the progressive realm? Or do you like something that's uh, more maybe thrash or classical or maybe just something like John Bonham kind of solid? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in eighties. I'm, I'm an 80s kid i'm a product of the 80s okay so like i,
1: I prefer the, the metal here right and metallica has a phenomenal drummer like drummers yeah. to me are the ones that make the band mm-hmm. and any band can get away with mediocre singers and guitar players it's if, I, if you have a terrible drummer in my opinion
2: then you, you got nothing right Right. I mean, they kind of they set the tone and the foundation for the beat that every all the other licks from the guitars and everybody else can kind of just throw their bit in and contribute to make the song. So I understand that. Uh, and you being a Rush fan is extra kudos points. I mean, it's <laughs> extra points for me. I'm a big Rush fan too. Uh, the first cassette. That I ever owned as a as a youth was uh, Rush's Moving Pictures album from 1981. So that was a classic one for me. That was the very first cassette I ever had. We won't talk about eight tracks or LPs. No, not even (laughs) (laughs) right, right. But no, that's uh, that's that's great. That's great. Um, um, I have a, I have a, a teenage daughter and she's uh, been uh, experiencing some interest in learning how to play the drums she's going through it with school right now. And she's doing, it. she's doing great, doing great. She's got a set here at the, she's got a set here with me that she can practice and play on, you know, most times. And uh, we're just trying to work with uh, supporting her in in her hobbies and, you know, and trying to tell her that, you know, Hey, it's okay. You know, It's on a Saturday, four o'clock in the afternoon. Why not play the drums? It's not going to hurt anybody during daytime. Now, maybe, you know, 11 or 12 o'clock at night on a Wednesday, probably not a good time to play. But other than that, you know, we're pretty uh, we're pretty flexible with letting the kids, you know, express their hobbies or interests and not try to stifle any creativity. That's that's awesome, because uh, I honestly feel
1: that like a lot of parents are too aware of what might upset and offend the neighbors. So they kind of squash their kids interests a little. You know what I mean?
2: Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, that, that, that was one of my questions I had. And I'll uh, if anybody else wants to take another one, um, that's it for me for right this second.
3: Uh, yeah, I've got one about uh, where you're where you're at in Massachusetts. Um, I have family. My family comes from um, Lowell and Lawrence. So I was just wondering about how close you were to there. I'm about 25 miles. I'm south of Boston. I'm basically wedged in between Plymouth and Boston. Right on. Yeah, my my grandfather worked in the uh, in the textile mills as a young man back in whatever days those were. I can't even remember now, but yeah. So I've got I've got my mom's side anyway is deep deep rooted down that way. Yeah, I I, lo- I love it out here. Like I that's a lie. I'm sorry,
1: that's a lie. I ca- I can't stomach any more winters. I've had enough. Like, I, I'm not a <laughs> fan of the cold anyway.
0: I feel that our our, our most recent guest was uh, he lives on the. Uh, North Carolina coast, just North of Wilmington. And the pictures I was looking at, it just looks amazing. If I was going to move anywhere, I'd definitely be further south. So not to um, take back over anything, but I typically find a lot of my questions just based off of the info on your your Facebook and the the things that you post. I saw that you may or may not be a Spider-Man fan. Is that right? Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: Uh, all, my all-time favorite. I fangirled, and I'm not afraid to admit that, at the very first Spider-Man. But I will I will say that I think Tom Holland is my favorite. But but the first one that came out, because I, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and I'm not sure how old you guys are, but in the 70s, they had the absolute worst period, Spider-Man period, ever period TV show. It was trash, absolute trash. So when, when the actual... the the movie with toby mcguire came out i i I fangirled like you wouldn't believe talked about it nonstop for days so excited the day before i went i couldn't go to sleep like this is amazing
2: well i'll say this you at least had super friends as an alternative
3: right (laughs) Uh, yeah
2: i mean i guess if you if you like the dc
0: speaking of cartoons i remember when i was really young and i never i don't believe i ever actually watched it but when i was uh and i guess this might lead into another question that i had when I was real young, my grandpa would watch basically guy movies with me. And I remember watching Missing in Action with Chuck Norris. And it had Spider-Man and his amazing friends on there. And that's about the only time I ever saw that cartoon. Did you ever uh, give that one a try? Oh, yeah. The, the cartoon. Yeah. That, um, Like I said, I, I don't know how good it was. I can't I can't speak to its quality, but I remember uh, seeing that one, you know, uh, as being. And, and of course, reading about it after the fact that it was a, a pretty popular thing, you know, at the time. Anyways, do you read the uh, the comic books at all? No.
1: No, I uh never read the comic. Not much of a reader. <laughs> right. I like, I I I don't know. My mother said I had not not ADD, but like if, if I'm not if I'm not engaged in something, I'm gonna fall asleep. And and my fiance will attest to what I've fallen asleep at a Toby Keith concert. I've fallen asleep at the circus. Uh <laughs> maybe once or twice on the way home from work, but I won't admit that. But yeah. So I to to read a comic book, like my eyes, they just to read anything, my eyes get heavy real quick, so I don't get too far into it. I did read a couple of Stephen King novels, but it took me like seven months to get through it because I'd read a couple pages, doze off, forget what I read, go back, reread it, fall asleep, go back,
2: it was terrible. I mean, those books aren't, you know, those books aren't known for being really thin anyway. I was gonna say, <laughs> it took you seven
0: months, it take me about seven years. Right, Those books are long. Mm-hmm uh once again correct me if i'm wrong but i believe i saw a picture of uh your son making you spaghetti on facebook is was was that uh, was that your son
1: yeah yeah i i have two sons uh the older one is an athlete he's way better than i can ever hope to be and my youngest son is exactly me he he's my mother reincarnated he loves to cook he loves to bake and so before christmas believe it or not he wanted a spaghetti maker so we like you know like uh I'm sorry, I forgot his name. Sam? Sam. Yes. yeah, Samuel, like, I don't want to stifle his creativity. I don't want to stop him. He's got his own fry maker. He's got a griddle. He's got all these cooking things because that's what he likes to do. So, yeah, we that picture we will make in spaghetti. It
3: was
0: pretty that's decent. Uh, that was going to be my next question was how good was it? Uh, was because it actually good. looked really good. Uh, the way the sauce was mixing with the noodles, I was, like, pretty envious of that. <laughs> if that's always my – like, I don't, I don't cook really at all. And when I do – it is usually simple things like spaghetti and just getting the sauce to stick to the noodles is like beyond me, I am just I can't do it. So, you know, kudos to him for that. And one more thing um, I think that I will uh, kind of throw in there before we get it to you specifically and your life and, 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 your, and your children. We do a segment where we watch and review uh, dad movies. Basically, you know, uh, movies, usually action movies, sometimes comedy, with a a strong male lead, typically something from further back, like in the eighties and nineties, that sort of thing. And I was just wondering if uh, you had a, and I know that you didn't have the time to to you know think about this, but do you have a, a favorite movie that you would consider a dad movie?
1: Actually, Daddy's Home, I thought was pretty good. I, I thought with all, with all its comedic value and all that, there was still a pretty good message to it.
0: Right on. We, uh, we just, wa- well, I just watched him. We're going to talk about soon. Uh, Big Daddy with Adam Sandler. Oh yeah. And that was a good one so, too. Yeah. Along those same, like it, I was thinking in the beginning, I was like, are we going to be able to find enough that we can, you know, really uh, make something out of this as a segment and it's they're everywhere. And the ones that at the time, like I watched at the time, I was like, Oh, you know, this is a comedy and now I'm watching it, it again. And I'm like, Oh, this kid looks like my son. And I, I'm crying like every five minutes. It was like, <laughs> you know, it was seriously like, uh, it hit home a lot harder. So um it is weird that you know the movies that you wouldn't necessarily suspect are the ones that kind of stand out to you.
1: There was there was another one, and I don't know if, if you've ever seen it, and it it's kind of a dad movie. It's a movie called I Am Sam with Sean Penn. And he I, plays I, a I mentally, have, I've
0: seen it, but I've not like watched it.
1: Yeah, he's he's uh mentally disabled guy. I don't know how he came about having a daughter, but just the way he portrayed the undying love for his daughter and did whatever he had to do, even if it, it hurt him tremendously to do it. He did what was, that was, that's a heartbreaker.
0: Oh, good. I'm going to have to write that one down. Right on. Okay. So before we, uh, we get into anything else, I wanted to give you guys any uh, sort of time that you might want to, to uh, jump in here with Dan, anything from you?
3: Uh, Yeah. I just got some dad related questions about kind of some of the things that we've talked about maybe a little bit. And, uh, but uh, yeah, what's um, get, yeah? Overall, I was going to push that later,
0: but we can get that out of the way okay. too, because it was going to be mixed with what we're moving on to.
3: Okay. You said you had two sons?
1: Yes. Uh, what age? And, and a daughter. I'm sorry.
3: And a daughter. Whole oh, crap. <laughs> what yeah, ages she, are they?
1: She's 30. My daughter's 30. She's actually getting married tomorrow. But uh, wow. yeah, I'm out of the woods. I have a 30 year old, a 15 year old,
3: and a 13 year old. Okay. Now, with that being said, Corey and I both are relatively new dads. Your son is what two? He'll be two in July. Okay, That's and amazing. my daughter's three. And my daughter's three. She just turned three. So, what advice, having older children or older kids, would you give us young, young dads coming up? Like, your your what is your best your best piece of advice? Like that, all dads should know. Enjoy
1: everything literally enjoy everything and that may sound cliche or like the diaper changes and the you know you get up at 2 a.m with the baby to feed him and there was nothing better than that because it was just you and the baby nobody else and it was quiet and it was peaceful but yeah enjoy everything because it's just not going to be there forever you know you may get irritated like how could you spell that on your shirt now i have to wash the shirt but someday that shirt's not going to be there for you to wash and it's all these menial little tasks that I don't mind doing every day because I know, and, and it starts to get me choked up a little. I know that it's not here for long. So enjoy abs- the heartbreaks, the crying, the tantrums, the messes, uh, scurrying together to get them out the door, like all of that. Enjoy every second of it. That would be the best advice
3: I could give. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that a lot, but it's, you know, it's hard in the moment. But, you know, my my mom and dad, tell. You know, tell me the same thing and a lot of older people like uh, my in-laws and just other not older people as in age but older people as in parenthood have told me you know it's not gonna last forever enjoy the little things and and it you know it never clicked until I finally became a parent and it's hard in the moment but you know like you said looking back I'm already doing it and she's only three years old so I can I can see you know like there's a picture right here to my right that's of me holding her in the hospital and like every time I see it I just get flooded with those memories and start tearing up and you know and she, like I said she's only three so I'm already there so to speak but yeah that's one that I'm definitely gonna hold near and dear to me is is just the little things and all the little like you said even the tantrums and the mess and the arguments and you know it's you know, it's like it won't be around forever like you said and I'm I'm working on starting to cherish that a, a little more, you know, each day or you know, each each week, each month, you know, as as she gets older. One one thing I'd like to add to that is uh mean what you say. Like you you could
1: be working on something really important and your daughter is gonna come up and daddy, come here, I want to show you something you know, in a minute, in a minute. Just make sure it's in that minute because she is sitting and waiting on you. You know, right. she she believes every word that comes out of your mouth. So I, I see parents do it all the time. They'll be, because I used to coach youth sports and enjoyed it. And I'd look over and like, I'm enjoying these other people's kids. I'm I'm teaching them how to play baseball. I'm helping with football. I'm helping with soccer. I'm helping with basketball. By the way, I suck at all of those. But I coach because my kids were a part of it. And I'd look off to the side and parents are in their phone. They're they're, taught, they're not watching their kid learn and grow. So, I mean, things like that, the little things and just, mean what you say to them if you tell them i'll be there in a minute they're going to be waiting they'll wait a minute they'll wait 30 minutes they will wait an hour they believe that you're going to be coming
2: so that would be the second piece that's that's solid that's solid. i like that and, and the questions that dan you know we're, we're asking you was was great questions too um that's uh mean what you say that's uh and you know you, you can apply that to a lot of things in life not necessarily sure. just your children too you know, just being honest. And, you know, I don't think that's some kind of weird pseudoscience or anything. So, I mean, somebody somebody may actually uh, be able to apply that to their life.
1: Yeah. Like I said, kids, kids believe kids have no reason to believe you're lying. And you may not be lying when you tell them, "Hey, just a couple of minutes, but life gets in the way.
2: And you, you got to find that balance. Right. I mean, that, that that's the, I mean, that's the golden ticket right there. Finding that balance where, you know, you can still find the time or you, you, you've made the time to enjoy those little nuances and the with the good and the bad you know with the hey I told you five times please pick up that sock off the floor hey okay it's time for a bath so Oh, you don't want you don't to You do not say that or...
1: to a 15 year old boy I don't no. mean to cut you off but there's a reason that sock is on the floor and we're going to leave that 15 year old boy's sock <laughs> on the floor uh, <laughs> That's
2: that's a good that's a good uh that's another good piece <laughs> of advice if it's yes. not yours, don't pick. Don't pick it up. <laughs> That's it.
1: You get a fifteen-year-old son. Don't touch it.
2: <laughs> yep. Right. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. All right. Hopefully, uh, um, I've just got two girls myself, and I, I hope I never have to uh, be put in that situation for sure.
1: <laughs> oh my God, my. In all, all honesty, my daughter was the easiest one. Like she was, she was just a good kid. Not that my sons, but you mm-hmm. know, boys are animals. You know that. You were a boy. There's right. a puddle, I'm going headlong into it. There's a tree, I'm gonna tackle it. There's a roof, right. I'm gonna launch myself off it.
2: Right. I got over I mean, very easy. I mean, hormones are strong during that particular age time and some, and you know, and it varies, you know, as they start getting a little bit older, their exposure their exposure, you know, how they were raised to, you know, plays, I think a little bit of a factor into, you know, what kind of company they keep later on or the people they sometimes encounter.
1: Yeah, that that's something I'm trying to
2: push to my 15 year old. He's always been a
1: social kid, but now he's got a little more freedom, and and him and his boys can go out and they can hang out. And you know, he hears stories. Oh, they went and they were playing Ding Dong Ditch. I don't like that. Not when I grew up, totally right. different story. Nowadays, you don't know what's on the other side of that door. I sent him a story, him, and then he sent it to his friends about there were six kids playing Ding Dong Ditch. Mm-hmm. And they rang the doorbell and the guy opened the door. One kid moved him. They all ran, got in the car, drove off. Well, this guy had had a few pops, got in his truck, went after him, drove their car off the road. Three out of the six died, the other three. And it was a horrific story to send them. But it's, to me, it was a lesson. Like, read that. Because you just, right. you don't know.
2: Right. I mean, you have, you, you have no idea what you're walking into, you know. And that's, and so that's yeah, something that. I tell him, you,
1: you're going to be judged by the company you keep. So if you're hanging out with punks. And mm-hmm. my son is in a punk. He's a, he's an honest student. He's a phenomenal little athlete, but, but if you're with punks, nobody's going to take you serious.
2: Right. Right. And I, I don't know if, if Dan or, or Corey, you know, notice or, you know, have read anything about lately social media's involvement and I'm not promoting it. I'm not, you know, chastising or putting, you can do it. You can do it. If that's your, if that's your source of information that you want to pull from, you know, by all means go right ahead. But I mean, their exposure, and I mean, they're exposing, you know, these events happening a lot more these days that, you know, I don't know if it's just because of the technology now is, is more widespread because, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you didn't have people standing on the side of the road with a cell phone looking at you, videotaping everything you do, and it magically appears, you know, forever on the internet. That just didn't happen back then you know you might have had a reporter or maybe word of mouth or somebody drive by and you know the police are showing up and there's an official statement or something you know uh, other more simple ways but um yeah there's a there's a lot of things out there that kids are getting or finding out the wrong way that these harmless things that used to be from our childhood or before are now proven to be deadly and i mean it's just you you don't know you don't know what's safe anymore
1: yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it's off topic, but uh, like like you said, in the, the school shootings, mm-hmm. we, we, when I was growing up, you didn't hear about it. It, it wasn't a thing. I'm sure it happened, but it, it was kept local, and that's where it happened. And right, I kind right. of blame media and social media for bringing that to the light because now it's given kids with, that may not have all their wires crossed. It's given them an option. They now see, well, I, I can just go do that. So I,
2: the social media thing. Right. I mean, it makes information a lot more widespread than what it used to be, because if you had a serial problem um, of a I don't know, let's say um, robberies and larceny and stuff like that in a northwest part of our country. Well, you know, unless you kind of lived around that area or it made national news, you probably didn't know that that was going on. Back then, but now we have social media, and so one or two people network with other people, and now people in New York know about how bad it, it was. Uh, you know, the the larceny and uh, and uh, burglary problems are in the northwestern part of the country, and so I mean, with that inter con- that uh, connectivity, you know, is is a lot stronger than you know. I guess we even anticipated back then. I don't think we knew that this technology was going to have this effect on our culture um, as much as it. Is, you know, back in the '90s, '80s, and the '70s.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and look, it's making people like the Island Boys famous.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we can't have that.
1: No, no, I don't want. I don't want to be in a world that has the Island Boys. Oh my
2: goodness.
0: Uh, we actually did an episode not long ago about the homeschooling versus public schooling, and what we were gonna probably do, uh, you know, when our kids were that age, and uh, we currently sit on the side of homeschooling just because it's not, it's not an issue that's getting better. And five, ten years from now, I don't know how how bad it might be. So uh, we we want our kids to be in public schools and get the same experiences that we did. But safety is is you know paramount. And yeah, it's not so the same world. Sway us. It's just not the same world anymore. Um, no, not at all. Like our, our I hope, school. Oh well, my school and and Sam's at least for a brief time. Uh, it used to have just this open area as you pulled up in the back. And after, you know, so many of these school shootings, they closed that area off. And now it's this ugly, like extra part of the building. And mm-hmm. it, it's just like sad to have that physical, you know, reminder there of of things changing and, and why they changed.
2: It's strange how it looks like schools resemble prisons more. Yeah, now, for sure. Than, that, than no windows. New. Yeah. Stuff like no that. No sunlight, you know, no, no gardens. That's a necessary
0: no, evil. Yeah, yeah, well, it's- yeah and it—it's it, not like you can even get around it. Like you have to do that. It's mm-hmm, that, yeah. okay. But to to kind of bring it back, hopefully a little bit happier, we <laughs> have a segment where we—it's called, uh, originally enough, uh, grind my gears, where we you know playfully complain about stuff that our kids are are you know doing that are annoying us. And I was just wondering, you know, what do you have going on in your life? Because you're obviously uh, your kids significantly older than ours and your problems typically going to be, you know, significantly more serious, uh, or at least the consequences could be. So uh, other than possibly um, bad influences from, from various friends uh, with that, with that one son, are you going through anything right now that's like really giving you issues or, you know, really giving you a problem with with my boys? Yeah. With your, with your children.
1: Um, no, I, I I gotta say, like, I look at the grand scheme of things and the, the biggest problem I have, I guess, is, uh, I say just they can't be in the same room for more than three minutes without a slap or a shove or or something. And one instigates the other. And, you know, then it's he did this. I did this. It's no, I just walked into the room. I didn't say anything. It's the way you looked at me. and Oh, my God, he looked at you like get a hold of yourself. Yeah, that that would be probably just. And then it's starting to come around now. But like for two years, I just I, I wanted to lay down in traffic. Like there was literally nothing I could do, but I'm, I'm the youngest of eight kids. So so I know I can't even imagine what that did to my, to my parents because that's big families. That's just it. But the two of them, it's like you're one of you knows that you're lying and neither one would give up. Like who started that? He did, he did, he did, he did. It's like somebody's lying. He is, he is, he is, he is. And it it was infuriating because poker face, they would just, yeah, that was my biggest concern was the, the fighting between the two of them. Just terrible. And, and peeing on the seat. <laughs> it's, it's, it's me, my two sons, and my fiance. And uh, she's the only one that would actually really be affected by it. But nobody will admit to doing it. I know it's not me because, like I said, I'm the youngest of eight, and there were five sisters. I left that toilet seat down once, mm-hmm. and I never made that mistake again. Never. Like I saw God that day. My <laughs> sister lost her mind. I, I I can still hear the shrill, the screaming. And as soon as she started, I knew what I did. And there was no place to hide. But yeah, they, they do that also. Mm-hmm. But neither one will admit to doing it. So I, I go in periodically and check, grab a clear wipe wipe it off, clean it, because I'm not dealing with mom sitting in it. I'm just not. There's a lot of things I can deal with with mom that. She has every right to lose her
2: mind over. So yeah, those are the two biggest. Sounds like you got a little two uh, competing alpha males there. Um, <laughs> I, I just have a, I just have
0: one last thing. Uh, this is more of a, a personal uh, curiosity to me, but and maybe it's not necessarily even that uh, remarkable. But do you have a a big you know something that stands out to you as being different about yourself? You know something that's maybe easier now, harder now, but something that's different between the way you were, you know, when you had, when you had your daughter versus the way you are now, you consider yourself maybe more patient now, or is it, is, is now, you know, uh, is it much more clear now to appreciate every little thing? Would you say that's the biggest change?
1: Yeah. um, My, my daughter, like I said, was just so easy. So it wasn't really like raising a child as, as my boys grew up, I went through everything, but yeah, it's, yeah, I'm a lot more patient. I'm a li- I'm a lot more. Again, youngest age kids. I'm number eight. My father hated me. Like <laughs> literally, nothing I could do was right or good. And so, like, I hear that in my head when I'm I'm a parent. So when I see my boys doing something, it's like, how would my father react? How did that make you feel? And my mind works like that. So it was like, uh, you know, what the grand scheme of things is. That's fine. So yeah, I'm way more patient now, way more relaxed. I actually only have two tones. It's it's always this one, even if I'm scolding them. They knew they really screwed screwed the pooch when my voice gets a lot louder. That's when it's like, oh crap, oh, like too far because I will let them get away with a lot. I and probably because of my relationship with my father, I get them let them get away with way more than they should. But in the end, they're just kids being kids doing kids stuff.
0: Uh Yeah, you touching on that father stuff you, you you've opened up a whole nother can of content I wish we could get to because I have a really complicated relationship with my dad too not uh, like you do yours you know we have uh, separate uh, issues but it's something that you know fatherly issues interest me but Sam before we really get into to what Tom you know has going on
2: as far as uh, projects is there anything else that you wanted to to get to I just like, I had, I had a few dad questions, you know, as far as like from your perspective as a, as a, as a, uh, I guess almost, I guess almost a multi-generational family. Right. So we got like a, a 15 year old and yeah, you, you got a pretty good, uh, pretty good age span there. But what dad advice do you wish you would have learned earlier in life? Ooh, I, I
1: actually don't know.
2: I think part of the fun of being
1: a parent or a dad is figuring it out along the way. You know, you, you, you can take advice, you can give advice. And and there are times when you give advice and you know it's crap because you didn't follow it yourself. You right. know what I mean? So
2: some of us are I, notorious for that.
1: I am in a lot of ways self-taught in a lot of in a lot of things. Like I said, my relationship with my father wasn't that great. So actually Yeah, I really can't think of any advice that I was given. I just kind of love my kids and do the best I can by them.
2: Right. Okay. All right. Thank you. This
0: is actually maybe my favorite part of the show, just because I learned the most. And that is, uh, you know, where we talk about what you have going on, you know, what you're uh, doing right now in life. And like I said, some people have a, a book that they want to talk about. Some people have a podcast. Uh, it varies. But uh, what do you have that you are uh, most wanting our, you know, meager listenership to 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 hear about and to to know about you?
1: Actually, I, to be honest, I, I had a podcast a while ago with a friend of mine. And that stems from a relationship we've had for a while. I don't know. You can cut this out if you want. But way back in 2000, going back to the internet, there was a thing called Lycos, Terra Lycos, and they offered you to have your own radio show on the computer. So I did that. had some listeners, but then another show on there wanted me to join them because I was kind of blowing them out. And I formed a friendship with one of the guys. We went on and did internet radio years later, as now with satellite radios was coming. So and now I've been thinking the podcast we just did, him and I like kind of parted ways, just different interests. He's still probably the best human being I've ever met. I never met. Actually, he's halfway across the country. Everything we've done together, we've written screenplays together, uh, did a podcast together, did the Internet radio together. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to get back into doing a podcast. I'm just trying to find a format. You know what I mean? And uh, right. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm looking to do right now.
0: Right on. So nothing, nothing um, ongoing necessarily, but one other thing about you specifically in your life that kind of interests me. Well, and this, I mean, I'm sure maybe this doesn't interest Sam as much because he's a bit smarter than I am, but your job, uh, your employment, it sounds
1: super complicated. What do you, what do you do for a living? Uh, and see, it is, it is complicated to explain because I've, <laughs> I've tried to explain and, and and I'll do my best. I do resin casting and I don't know of many people that can say with the same conviction I do, but I love my job. I love what I do. I've been there six plus years, almost six years, actually. And I've never woken up and said, I don't want to go to work today. I I do something different every day. The different projects we do, Um, it's resin casting. You make uh, rubber molds. Well, we have a guy that makes rubber molds for us. And uh, we put together like the insides, whatever cores need to go in to shape the part. Uh, pour the resin in, take it apart the next day. Remove everything and then send it on to the customer. It's it, in in a perverted way. It's uh I pour I, I put it one way and a girl took it very the wrong way. Right. Okay. <laughs> I, I I I put my core into wet stuff and I pull it out when it's hard. And hey, I mean okay. that's about as simple as you can get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Liquid resin. It's all kinds of resins and uh, yeah, we make uh all kinds of stuff uh one of the parts we made was a fin to an underwater i don't want to say a submarine it it was it was a tool that what are the people that work in the water i don't want to call them these people they work in the water they they do underwater exploring and uh, so so something uh like deep sea related yes okay and it, it ended up helping them find, I think it was the San Jose ship that was sunk. And there was like $2 billion worth of gold on it.
2: Wow. Oh yeah. And, and so it just, they, from a
1: small pot you we get made. a percentage of that then, right? Oh God, no. Oh God, no. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, I, I, I once made this, uh, it was a uh, probably a two foot spear that went to scientists. And what they did is they, they put their components inside and they went out into the ocean and threw it into the ocean. And just waited till it slammed into an iceberg, so they could get the effects of. So we make a lot of neat underwater things. Uh, yeah, I've, I've made thumb wheels for helicopters, which made me really nervous because if that thumb wheel breaks and that guy dies, I'm just pointing the finger at the guy next to me, be like, "I was out that day. That was that was him. He made those."
0: I was at the bathroom. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. That's terrible. <laughs> that,
2: that, that's a job
0: that you're not going to find where I live. I have spoken many times about how restricted we are around here in terms of industry. You are really only gonna do so many things in, where I live or you're gonna move away. And resin casting is not something that you're gonna really find in, in this particular area. We've got a couple of things that are nation, uh, nationally known. The uh, the Eastman Kodak Company, they're, they're nearby. We do
2: stuff for Eastman Kodak actually. Yeah, Eastman and Kodak separated um, quite so many years ago, and so now, like it's, it is just Eastman Chemical Company out there. Uh, yeah, I, it, it, I figured uh, it would be easier for him to to
0: to know if I said them both together. But yeah, it's just, it's just called Eastman Chemical here, and they pretty much run the town that they that they occupy. They they pollute so much that we have to drive slower on the highway when we drive by there, uh, so to counteract all the pollution that Eastman puts off. Before and after Eastman, you're able to drive. I think 70, but around Eastman, it's only like 60 uh, 60 miles an hour or something along those lines. So that's fun. That's fun to know. (laughs) And I I just had one uh, last question. I hope this doesn't end us on uh, a terrible note. I and I'm only asking it because I really do feel like it's going to be a a, you know happy answer. But you know, I I am. um, I've been told I look younger than I am. I'm 40 now, and Sam is also uh, you know pretty close to my age. And I've got to a point in my life where I've kind of come to terms with the fact that I'm never going to be rich. And, you know, I'm never going to be spectacularly handsome. But overall, like, I am very content with where my life is, you know, I really enjoy the podcast. I've got an awesome son who's healthy. And I feel like he could be in the movies. He's so pretty. And I would not have thought 10 years ago that I would be happy with, with where my life is. But I actually think that I am. And I just wanted to know you're basically in, in the same kind of category. You're, you're uh, like me, you're up there in age and you've kind of had your, uh, you've had your dreams and you've either achieved them or let them go. And I was just wondering, you know, where, where on the scale, do you feel like you've uh, are you happy? You know, are you a, are you a basically a, a 10 or do you still feel like maybe you have a little bit that you can improve on?
1: I, I, I think I could improve on, but I'm also going to say a 10. I'm deliriously happy. Like I'm, I'm the guy that nothing's ever come easy to me. So I've, I've, I've had stuff. I've lost it. I've been rock bottom, not like rock bottom, like you read, like people doing drugs or anything like I've just, I've lost everything. I've built myself up. I've lost everything. And now, you know, my dad has three kids, uh, two cars. I own my home. I have a decent job that I like I mean, to want anything more would be kind of ignorant in my eyes. You know what I mean? My kids are healthy. I'm healthy-ish. But, uh, you know, my fiance is fantastic. Yeah, great. I I would say a definite 10 out of 10, but there's always room for improvement. I, I don't see anything else that can bring me more happiness than what I already have. I
0: expected and hoped that that would be something close to your answer, because, you know, the, the way we've talked, you you seem like a pretty upbeat, positive guy, you know, despite some of the things you said. You, you seem like you have, you know, pretty good uh, outlook on life. And, you know, Oh, no, no, don't,
1: let, don't let that answer fool you. I, uh <laughs> I, I despise people, people have let me down. I'm, I'm happy inside these four walls.
2: I like, <laughs> right. my
1: job. I like my home. But like, again, people have just gotten this overwhelming sense of self importance. Mm. That, like, I'm just I'm, I'm tired of people's delusions about themselves. I, I won't say I hate people. I think their attitudes suck and it's it's the me the, the whole me first thing that's going on it doesn't seem like people care about each other like they should
0: I, I totally no. agree I see these I, stickers I on
1: in here
0: I, I see these stickers on people's cars like F your feelings and it like I, I see kind of where you're coming from with that but at the same time like you have you should care about other people's feelings like we all have to live together and oh, yeah. to think that you could just do Everything you want, exactly how you want to do it, and not worry about anybody else is just beyond selfish to me.
1: Exactly, one hundred percent. That's probably the perfect way to have said that. Like it's it, Zach Brown. Do you know the Zach Brown band? Yeah, we're all in the same boat. Right. Yeah. That song is it's perfect, and I just wish a lot more people would would sing it, learn it, know it, live it,
0: feel it. Yeah, for sure.
1: Remember the golden rule do one to like, yeah, do unto others, yeah. Like, but that's right. that's not the case anymore. And I'm the guy that will find a wallet, and I don't even look through it. I go to the nearest mailbox and I drop it through. Let the postman get that back to whoever it belongs to. You right. know what I mean? I lose my wallet. Some kid's gonna go out and buy himself a Nintendo.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> not, look, I'm not a saint. I don't have
1: that kind of money, but <laughs>
0: um you know, I'm I'm going to put it in the mailbox. But when I, you know, when I do that, I'm gonna be like, man. I wonder how much money it had in there. Like, I bet I missed out. But I'm
1: I'm going to put it in the mailbox all the same. So because it's the right thing to do. And you would hope that somebody would do that to you. And, And even though they don't, you just keep doing the right thing. And it seems like there are a lot less people doing the right thing and just reaping the benefits of being a scumbag.
0: Oh, man, you're like taking the words that like, right out of my mouth. I've been talking like this for the last couple of days, specifically. And I think it's I think it's the, the ramp up of the, you know, the presidential election, you know, it always I'm not allowed to talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> not,
1: actually, I'm, actually
0: I'm we do. We do. Uh, I, I should not even have brought that up because politics and religion are the one thing that we always veer off of. Uh, we stay yeah, away from it. My, so. my
1: fiance doesn't let me because she's she, you get so mad. I'm like, I don't get mad. I'm just shocked at people's thoughts, at their thought process. You know, I, I won't. I'm say not
0: really shocked anymore. I'm very disappointed, though. I'm constantly disappointed.
2: That's, that's the better word. Disappointed. Boundaries have changed a lot. Boundaries have changed past practical or, or, you know, moderately, you know, uh, thinking people considered normal. There, there were some things that were cliche and people, you know, every generation or ever so often are there to push the envelope, push the boundaries a little bit for whatever reasons, for, you know, um, medical reasons, scientific reasons, cultural or artistic reasons, whether it's a, you know, music, musician or a movie uh, you know, things like that. But I think the boundaries and maybe this is maybe this is something that every generation, you know, encountered, you know, and maybe they talked about amongst themselves during their time, whether it be the 50s or the 60s, you know, change. You know, we're not so we're not so easy to accept change in our culture around here. And these things that are going on now with social media, you know, one extreme view to the other spec side of the spectrum in, in extreme fashion it just seems a little, a little much. It seems like a, a little, uh, a little too extreme for me to be, you know, use that as a cliche, I guess. It just seems a little too, too much, a little too far fetched. Like, should we not kind of tone it down and just, you know, remember our base values as a human being and how we treat each other and how we, you know, should, you know, be setting the example for our further generations after us, you know, and I don't know that we're setting those, those examples that are going to, Get us the outcomes I think that we had hoped based off of our moral compass, but I'm no, I'm no, I'm no expert on that. You know, by no means. You consider that just uh, that's just personal opinion. I've definitely got my faults. Fell down a lot. I'm not a saint. By no means. But I think that maybe we could do a little better. Yeah, it, it all comes
1: down to just one simple word: respect. You you can have your thoughts. I can have mine. We can disagree.
2: Agree to disagree.
1: That, end of story. But right. people don't do that now this is my opinion. It's correct. And you're wrong. And this is why, and I'm not going to listen to you respond. It's nobody
2: has that. No, it's, it's not a give and take anymore. It's all, it's all take, take, take. No, nobody has, um, nobody likes to be stepped on. Nobody likes to have their feelings hurt or, you know, nobody likes to let things, you know, just roll over them. They can't accept it. You know, maybe their position isn't the same position as somebody else that they're having a conversation or interaction with and it inflames them for some reason. I just um, I don't know. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around it. I'm just still trying to make adjustments the best I can, you know, and just try to be a better father or just learn to kind of adapt to this changing world. And like I said, that sounds something out of a cheesy news article or maybe, I don't know, family circle. Sorry, please don't sue me. <laughs> um, I think it just seems like too many people these days
0: are, you know, they, they'll have their opinion. And if your opinion is different, then immediately one of you is wrong and it's not that's not necessarily the case you know we can we could have differing opinions without one of us being wrong and Mm -hmm. we don't need to argue about that or try to convince the other person that they are wrong just accept it and you know move on
1: yeah i've lost i've lost a few friends over that last election because Mm -hmm. it just it just got ugly that's all because neither side had respect for the other yeah this
0: last one was real bad it was um it cost it cost me probably one friend. Uh, I can't guarantee that's what it was, but we definitely don't talk no more. So it, it, it's sad, and um and it's not you know it's it's definitely only something. And it, this is this should not be this way. We should be able to to talk about this regardless. But I really I am only open about you know certain things politically around people that I know aren't going to judge me, and there you know there are fewer and fewer of those every day. We usually do try to. <laughs> Uh, We were up and then we're down and then, you know, happy that now we're sad. So we do try to leave these things on, on a positive note and every episode we end it with a dad joke. And typically it's Dan that does this for us, but as he had uh, his, um, uh, emergency for lack of a better term, Sam's been holding down the slack for us. So he's going to come with a dad joke this time. And hopefully I don't feel ignorant and stupid like I did with his joke about, uh, iPhones because it made oh. me feel really, really
1: old.
2: Oh goodness. <laughs> all right. So I I got a different category today, so it's not gonna be anything with uh any anything with any confusing tech. So I i think we all should be pretty familiar with this. But uh what do you call Darth Vader when he's nervous? You know this is up my alley, but I, I have no answers. Uh Tom, have you heard this one? No,
1: no, I can hardly wait though.
2: <laughs> okay, okay. What do you call Darth Vader? when he's nervous all right panicking skywalker <laughs> oh man that's panicking why you that's why you couldn't get
0: it out without laughing that one, <laughs> that's why i love almost every dad joke even the ones that make me feel foolish i cannot help but smile it's it's just great they are a gift from god like like puppies and and kittens it's just <laughs> it's just a wonderful thing but with that being said I guess that we'll go ahead and, and let you go, Tom. We, we've held you up for uh, actually a little bit longer than I expected. And I do appreciate you coming on. You've been great. Oh, I had
2: a blast. It was awesome. Thank you very much for
0: you uh, continue our streak of awesome guests. And, uh, you know, just thank you so much for coming on and being awesome. And uh, and sharing, you know, your yourself and your story. And uh, I hope that if you haven't watched it yet, hopefully you enjoy that new Spider-Man uh, Across the Spider-Verse movie. And, oh, um, see, you can't I mean,
1: get into the cartoon. It's it's too busy. It's you know, in the same There's way. So much
0: going on. I was I wasn't going to say anything about how I'm not going to watch it, but you know, I was <laughs> like, well, maybe you will, and if you do, hopefully, you like it. Um, but yeah, that's that's not. I, I do like uh, you know, the live action, but the the cartoons. Uh, I'm really particular about about my cartoons. But anyway, you know, all uh all criticisms aside, thank you once again, and thanks Sam for for joining us and helping us out. He's always uh, you know a, a huge help carrying you know at least half the load sometimes more and uh you have a wonderful night tom and a wonderful weekend and maybe we can have you on again sometime
1: i would love that anytime reach out
0: awesome it was great right on thanks a lot and we will check you later you take it easy you too Night. bye
1: I want you to know it's over. Well... Bye. You smell that, Bill? Smells like someone died.